how are you with change? Do you like adding more than subtracting? Do you like subtracting more than adding? Today, we're going to talk about some change that actually affects this show. And here's a first part of the change. Today, we're not going to do a theme song, mainly because I just want to talk to you directly and not set this up as advice. But if you're just joining us and you don't know who we are, I am Dr. Andrea Bonnier, and this is Baggage Check, mental health talk and advice. So yes, change is coming to Baggage Check. And no, before you get excited, the show is not ending. But I will tell you more about how we're changing in just a moment. But first, I wanted to talk about the very concept of change. One of my greatest privileges as a therapist is to be alongside meaningful change in people's lives. If therapy is happening and change isn't happening, then something's wrong. Now, that doesn't mean you have to see immediate effects or that the change has to be tremendous and huge. Sometimes the most meaningful insights are subtle. Sometimes shifts are slow. But the whole concept of therapy relies on the idea that someone can change. They can change their behavior patterns, their interactions. They can change their thought patterns. They can change how they manage their emotions, how they face the world, how they embrace new things. So I think about the concept of change a lot because it's literally part of my job to help collaborate on change in some of the deepest ways that people can imagine. And again, it's one of my favorite parts of being a therapist. It's one of the biggest privileges, the idea that I can be there along for the ride, that I can help spur on change, that I can see the effects of it and the results of it. So I am all for change, and I'd like to think that I'm pretty good with change. But one thing that I know about myself personally is that I'm a lot better with the type of change that comes with adding stuff rather than letting go. It doesn't take much scrutiny to notice that maybe that's why I've just kept adding jobs over the years. I haven't really traditionally ever left a job. You want to teach? Sure. You want to have a private practice? Sounds good. Why not write a column? Why not write some books? Why not go on television as a contributor? Why not start a live chat? Why not develop a podcast? It's been wonderful. But if I really am honest with myself about my relationship with change, it's that I'm a lot better at adding on than ever letting go of something or adjusting or minimizing. And it makes me think of the math problem of what change even means. And yes, this brings to mind calculus and moving parts and algebra and slopes and all of those things. But the idea of change means that things are altering their shape. They might be getting bigger, they might be getting smaller, they might be just transforming. When I really think about it, I am always better with adding stuff than letting go of stuff. So far, it's worked pretty well for me because I do have the privilege of being my own boss for the most part, and I can make adjustments when I need to. But when I really think of other transitions in my life, I think of how I do have some problems letting go of things. It's why I tend to be so busy 
as well. It's why my bookcases are overflowing. I know people who say when one book comes into the house, another book needs to leave. And that's exactly the problem I have. I have no problem with the change of a new book. That's one of my biggest joys. But the change of getting rid of a book, that's really hard. I remember when looking for our current home, where we've been for 12 years, I remember how I kept thinking of what I hoped for in a new place. And I had a nagging feeling that I had to have every single thing that I had in the old place and then all the stuff I wanted. Until my dear husband reminded me that maybe some of the things in our old house would still be worth it to give up. I do really miss that playground right across the street, though. But, of course, our new home was worth it. Point being, I've been reflecting a lot about change and how I see my clients handle change. And I don't think that my pattern is that unusual. So I would urge you to think about when you embrace change, what parts of it are most difficult for you. I don't think there's such a thing as somebody just being bad with change or good with change. I think you have to dig a little bit deeper. So why am I talking about any of this? Well, a little background. I have taught at Georgetown University for 16 years. It's been one of my greatest professional loves. And yes, I've been able to squeeze it in all of these years on a part-time basis, in addition to the other gigs that I have. But as I grew into my role over 16 years, and almost a full generation of people have heard some of my same jokes in abnormal psychology, which is now called psychological disorders, my seminar on anxiety disorders, new classes, I've been busting at the seams. I've developed more and more meaningful relationships with students, with fellow faculty, and I was always feeling over the past few years that I was up against constraints out of my control. I wanted to be able to have that extra hour to write that extra recommendation for somebody. I wanted to be able to brainstorm a new way of teaching something. I wanted to be able to meet with that extra student who's interested in going into clinical psychology. And I always tried, and I think I succeeded a lot, but it became very clear that I would have loved to have more. Well, I was lucky enough to get it. After a lot of delays, pandemics, hiring freezes, the whole nine yards, I will be starting an official, full-fledged, full-time position with Georgetown in the fall. Truly my dream job. As much as I can say it's my dream job because I also have additional dream jobs that I'm lucky enough to get to do. But I cannot wait. I'm even going to get to direct a program that we're bringing to Georgetown that will help first-year students feel more connected and have a higher sense of belongingness, which is something, as you know from listening to this podcast, that is one of my biggest professional passions, the sense of community, interaction, friendship, to combat loneliness. And my college relationships remain among the most meaningful of my life, and so I could not be more passionate about this new gig, which in some ways is very much like my old gig, but without the constraints. I'll have my own office full time. I'll be able to have plants there that won't die. 
I'll be able to actually be around on campus as more of a presence rather than swooping in to teach and then being called to my other duties. So I know I'm getting personal here, but I wanted to tell you the context. This will begin in a few weeks. This gig I got after I started this podcast. So you can imagine that for months, I simply thought, hey, I'm just adding something else in. I'll just keep doing everything at the same pace and just maybe I won't sleep as much. But that's not fair to anyone, nor is it realistic. Because the truth is, if I'm going to take on this role that I've wanted for so long, there has to be some subtraction elsewhere. There just has to be. That's the way the math has to work. The subtraction came easily in certain ways, like with my private practice. I've had several months to just not take on new clients if I had a client that ended, and I can shrink it that way. But the subtraction with other things is where things get more difficult. And realistically, this is where the podcast comes in. I could play around with the numbers innumerable ways, but I'm not going to bend the time-space continuum. If I continue to put out twice-weekly episodes, something will get the short shrift. It won't be my students because I know myself and that would be the last thing that I would do, but it would probably be my sleep or my time playing ping pong with my kids or just the little breathing room that I'm always, always preaching to my clients and to my audience. So yes, this podcast episode release schedule is about to change. And I could actually get a little shady here and say I'm not changing anything at all because I'm going from bi-weekly to bi-weekly. Starting out at twice a week, plenty of people told me I was absolutely bonkers and I heard them. Twice a week is a pretty breakneck pace, but I have loved it. But the other definition of bi-weekly, instead of twice a week to every other week, is what a lot of podcasts do and what will be much more realistic and comfortable and, shall I say, mentally well as my new role begins. It was hard for me to make this episode. I admit, I feel a little bit of shame about it. Am I not working as hard as I should be? Am I letting myself off the hook? I probably could keep up the same pace, but even Buster the dog realizes that that just doesn't make any sense. So starting with today's episode, number 74, we will be on a bi-weekly schedule, as in every other week rather than twice a week. We'll be releasing every other Friday. I know this might come as a disappointment to some of you, and that's the hardest part about it. Of course, it also might come as a happy surprise to others of you, especially if twice a week has been clogging up your subscription feed. I want you to know I don't take this lightly at all. I've appreciated so much everyone's listenership, support, numbers continue to grow every day, every week. I get emails. I'm terrible on social media, as you know, But I've heard from so many of you about how things have resonated, how episodes have meant something to you, what you've derived insight from, what you've appreciated, what you've disagreed with, and I've loved it. The good thing is none of that will change. 
I actually think with the new schedule, I'll have a little bit more time when it comes to the guest episodes to be able to do the interminable emailing back and forth to schedule and all that good stuff. So the quality of the episodes, maybe it'll even go up. But if I've been part of your life twice a week for the past eight months since we premiered, I know it's not nothing to suddenly go down to a quarter of that. So I do regret that that has to happen. But I also know that it does have to happen and that I can embrace this new role that I have while also being sad that the podcast schedule has to shift. Those two things can be true at the same time and it can be the right thing to do and also make me a little bummed out because the truth is change isn't just about exciting new things. It's also about letting go of things to make room. I'm very lucky that I don't have to let go of this podcast. You can imagine me still making it when the AI chatbots are my only guests and we're the only people left on earth. Although I guess they're not people, so that doesn't even make any sense. But anyway, no plans to let go of this anytime soon. But I did want to be forthcoming. I appreciate all of you so much. I am very excited for my new chapter, and it spurs me to ask you, what are you embracing lately? Are you just adding, or are you also making room to let go of certain things too, to adjust, to reduce, to minimize? Because if we always are just adding, we are losing things because we're probably dropping balls or burning out or losing our enthusiasm or losing sleep. We're just not losing them as mindfully as looking at our lives and choosing what to let go of. So I hope you stick with me through this transition. I can't wait for our next episode. And I also can't wait for my new role. And I feel lucky to have all of your support. With that in mind, I will see you in two weeks. And in the meantime, what's the shape of your life? What does the math look like? Is there something that you need to let in? Or is there something that you need to let go? I'm doing both and also just mixing things up a little bit, like there'll be no outro music this time either. And when we come back in two weeks, it'll be a little bit different. So think about it. What does change mean to you?